Hey, this is JT. And this is Lady C. Welcome to The Critical Thought. In the upcoming episode, we're going to be talking about psychology and action. That's right. JT and I have been doing some spring cleaning, and we came across one of our old college books, and it just triggered some things inside of us. And so we decided, hey, let's take a look inside the book and see what we can find. And we found an interesting topic for our episode. And so we're going to be talking all about classical conditioning. Yes, we're going to show you exactly how the governing body conditions Jehovah's Witnesses. You're listening to The Critical Thought, where we challenge our listeners to use critical thinking when examining the teachings of Jehovah's Witnesses. Okay, so we're going to give you a little bit of history about this classical conditioning using the example of Ivan Pavlov, a Russian physiologist who back in the 1890s did an experiment on the digestive response in dogs, which led to one of the most important discoveries in psychology known as classical conditioning. Now, Pavlov he showed dogs food and rang a bell at the same time. After a while, the dogs started associating the bell with the food. They gradually learned that when the bell rings, they get food. Eventually, dogs began salivating by just hearing the bell. So they would expect food at the sound of a bell. So this is just kind of showing you how naturally a dog would salivate with the food because that's what they do. It's a normal response. But when they paired the food with the bell ringing, eventually the bell made these dogs salivate just by hearing it ring. So that's what this is all about. And we're going to kind of take you into this discussion to show you exactly how the watchtower conditions Jehovah's Witnesses to believe the things that they want them to believe. So in this episode, we're going to talk about three main ideas on how they do this. Now, you might be asking, well, how in the world does the governing body condition Jehovah's Witnesses? Well, we're going to show you, and we're going to illustrate it in the next slide. Typically, when a Jehovah's Witness meets someone out in field service, generally speaking, the person typically comes from what would be called a Christian background. In other words, the person believes in the Bible. What we're going to do with this illustration is we're going to substitute the meat for the Bible. You see, the typical Jehovah's Witness will run into a person out in field service who generally comes from, quote unquote, Christian background, which means they have a great respect and honor for the Bible. And the Jehovah's Witness knows that. And this is how the process actually starts. Now we see a person out in field service, typical person, typical householder, and the watchtower. Well, average person looks at the watchtower and literally thinks nothing of it. To him, it's just another pamphlet, flyer, something to go into the trash, something to line the birdcage. That's basically it. But then this is what Jehovah's Witnesses do. They actually will pair the Bible and the watchtower. This is how it takes place. The Jehovah's Witness will ask the householder, do you know what God's name is? 
The person may say Jesus or God, and the witness will take him to his own Bible and show him God's name, Jehovah God. Now, where did the person learn this at? He learned it from the watchtower. The witness may say something along the lines of, you know, was Jesus Christ born on December 25th? Show me in the Bible. And the person may get this Bible and look through it and he said, I know it's somewhere and I've seen it before. And after a while, the witness will say, no, the 25th is not in the Bible. Where did this person learn this from? They learned it from the watchtower. And the witness will continue on doing this for a number of weeks on what is known as the Bible study. So after a while, the Bible study begins to build confidence because everything he is learning is coming from the watchtower. And eventually, after a period of time, this person over months and years will simply accept anything that the watchtower says. That is when the conditioning is starting to complete. So now here is a picture on screen of the entire cycle of how the Jehovah's Witnesses began to replace the Bible with the watchtower. That's exactly right. Now, you may say, well, what do you mean? Well, we're going to give you just a few examples that really demonstrate how that eventually at a certain point, the person no longer needs the Bible to be involved. All he needs to do, just like in Pavlo's dog, where the bell made the dog think of meat and he started salivating, the same thing with the watchtower. When they think of the watchtower, they think this is what the Bible says. So, JT, how do you know when the conditioning is complete? This is a perfect example of what happens when the conditioning is complete and how the person now views the watchtower. Brother Raymer, I got a new watchtower this morning. And do you know what the first thing that Ma and I do when we get that tower? We kneel down before we take the wrapper off and ask Jehovah to make us worthy to see what the message is that Jehovah has for us. Now, before we take off the wrapper, will you kneel down and pray with us? September the 15th, 1964 Watchtower, Experiencing Jehovah's Love. Can you believe that? You see, at this point for these individuals, they have replaced the Bible with the watchtower. You see, most people would bow down to thank God for an inspired book called the Bible, not the Jehovah's Witness. They bow down to thank God for an uninspired publication. In fact, it was interesting how they said they wanted to see what Jehovah God had to say in the magazine. That's amazing. That's some serious conditioning. Now, keep in mind, Keep in mind, this is what appeared in the watchtower. Now, why is it important? Because this same experience was going to be sent all around the world, letting Jehovah's Witnesses all over the world know for themselves, this is what you should be doing, just like this couple for the watchtower. You see, the watchtower has now substituted itself for the word of God. But it doesn't stop here. Let me give you another example of just how intense this conditioning process takes place in the lives of Jehovah's Witnesses. The August 1st, 1963 Watchtower, Surviving Through Faith. Think, is our own faith so strong that we would risk being hanged to obtain the latest issue 
of the Watchtower. Here we go again. Are you willing to be hanged for the Watchtower? Not hang for the Bible, but hang for the Watchtower. And why? Because the Jehovah's Witness views what the Watchtower says the same as he views what the Bible says. But it doesn't stop here either. It continues on. The April 1st, 1986 Watchtower, question from readers, approved association with Jehovah's Witnesses requires accepting the entire range of the true teachings of the Bible, including those scriptural beliefs that are unique to Jehovah's Witnesses. Now, this is where the conditioning really takes place. Think back to when we talked about the Bible study. The Bible study who was just being introduced to the teachings of Jehovah's Witnesses. They were shown things from their own Bible. But as you see in this statement here, in order to be an approved associate of one of Jehovah's Witnesses for that Bible study to be accepted, they have to accept the entire range of the teachings of the Bible. But did you notice there was something additionally added? They also must accept the unique teachings of Jehovah's Witnesses. So they got to accept everything the Bible says, but they also have to accept the unique teachings of Jehovah's Witnesses. And what are the unique teachings of Jehovah's Witnesses? Jehovah's Witnesses taught that they knew when heaven's gate was closed. 1935. That's a teaching that no group, no denomination that uses the Bible has ever taught except Jehovah's Witnesses. You see, now because they've already accepted whatever the Watchtower says, when the Watchtower introduces these unique teachings, the person accepts it. The unique teaching of Jehovah's Witnesses, 1914, the generation would not die. These are teachings that are only found within the pages of the Watchtower. And now we accepted it as if the Bible said it. June 15, 1957, Watchtower says, It is vital that we appreciate this fact and respond to the directions of the slave as we would the voice of God, because it is his provision. The Watchtower has no shame. So what have we seen? We have seen a typical case of how classical conditioning works. Jehovah's Witnesses have literally transferred all of their faith and belief in just the Bible itself to now it's the Watchtower. The Watchtower holds the same status as the Bible. That is why you can tell a Jehovah's Witness, the organization says, the Watchtower says, the Bible says, Jesus says, God says, and in the mind of a Jehovah's Witness, it all means exactly the same. Yes, the conditioning has been completed. Now, this is one of my favorite examples of just how bad the conditioning actually is. September 1st, 1996, page 19 through 24, living by the law of the Christ. At times, some write to the Watchtower Society asking for rulings on such matters as what view should they have of specific films, books, and even toys. You see, the conditioning is so thorough. 
to the point where the Jehovah's Witness cannot even think for his own self. You have a 45-year-old man with a 44-year-old wife and they have children and they don't even know what type of toys they can buy. So what do they do? They want to find out what the watchtower says. The conditioning is just that thorough. Another example of conditioning is how a Bible study is conditioned to view a group of men called elders in the congregation. And of course, the watchtower teaches everybody to confide in the elders. And we know how that works. They confide in the elders for everything, even things that the elders are not even qualified to be handling. And this is often results in people giving advice and getting advice that is simply wrong. Yeah, JT, and it, it's just really sad because I remember when we were Jehovah's Witnesses, how people would call me on the phone and they would say, ask JT if we can do this, can we do that? And just every single thing that they had to do. Yeah, the friends always uh, have been taught to go to the elders for everything. Even when crimes have been committed, they are taught to go to the elders. As we know right now, the organization is dealing with this issue. Um, and unfortunately, this constant go to the elders has resulted in people going to a group of men who many times they simply have no idea how to handle certain situations. But because they have been built up, they've been conditioned to go to these elders. That's what they do for literally everything in their life. Yeah, and it really it's really kind of troubling for me because when we receive emails from people that are waking up to the truth about this religion, they're still conditioned that they got to go to these elders. And I remember talking to someone recently and they said, yep, I've, I've got to get to the elders to let them know what I've done so I can get this over with. And, you know, you really can't tell people what to do. But the only thing we can encourage people to do is to use critical thinking to realize that these elders don't have any hold over them per se. Because this one person I talked to, I said, well, sir, I said, did you commit a crime? Do you need to turn yourself into someone? He goes, no, ma'am. He goes, I didn't commit no crime. And so I'm like, well, then why are you going to the elders? You know, why are you turning yourself in to these brothers? But it's just the conditioning is yeah. so strong. And, and the other thing about it is when I, when I think about the, the situation with the elders and things is, you know, it's that feeling that you have. It's that nagging feeling in the back of your mind where you got to set things straight. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people feel like they got to get it off their chest. And I use this as my springboard now when I'm talking about this kind of stuff. Think about how you used to feel when you were a Jehovah's Witness and you knew you went out in field service on a Saturday and you were going to go out with friends later on that evening. Mm -hmm. Well, you felt so good that you did your duty. You did what you were supposed to do on that Saturday. Yeah. You got your field service in. You studied your watchtower for the next day and you had this really good feeling that you had done the right thing. And now that we look back on our lives, we realize that that had nothing to do with anything. And that feel good that we were having absolutely meant nothing. And so when you go to these elders and you think that you're getting this off your chest, 
when you eventually realize that this religion means nothing and you didn't have to go to those elders, you begin to say, oh my God, I can't believe how crazy that was. But it just takes time for people to realize that these elders are just men. They're not appointed by God. They don't have any business telling you what to do. And they shouldn't be in your life, you know, making decisions for you and your family. Oh, yeah. They, um, they, they have been conditioned to the point where anything that is on people's minds, they will tell the elders. That's for sure. Yeah, this is, this, is an, this is another example of how the conditioning works in the organization uh, when it comes to meetings. Uh, the conditioning is so deep that you have learned and you have become part of you that you don't miss meetings regardless of whatever goes on, even to the point of quitting jobs and so forth. And this is what we have seen over the years. Uh, the meetings, rain, snow, sleet, it doesn't matter. The witnesses want you at the meetings and you can't use any of these things as an excuse is what is constantly pounded into their head all the time. All right, JT, what you think about this next one? <laughs> this is your favorite, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is your favorite saying. Yeah, this what is the one. That, what do they hold over your head? What do they hold over your head? Yeah, this is one of the tools they use to um, condition witnesses to go to meetings. Uh, they, they they use the guilt tripping uh, prospect uh, by telling you that you know there are witnesses all around the world who end up having to go to meetings across alligator infested waters, and so it becomes part of the conditioning. We we were conditioned, and and I remember you know kids growing up, you know your parents would tell you, you know brothers overseas they gotta they gotta go through the crocodile. You know what we could do is drive up the street. You know, and so all of this is just part of that conditioning that the organization does. It, it's really sad. Because even we don't have this one, but remember the, the sister with the iron lung and yes. they would talk mm -hmm. about that. Then they would try to make you feel guilty because she couldn't get out and do things and you can. And they would like hold that over people's head. And oh, yeah. if you had a headache and you didn't feel like going to the meetings, then you got to now be compared to this woman in this chamber and how, you know, if she could get out and get to the meetings, she would probably be here. So they used every type of tactic that they can to make you feel guilty for not getting yeah. to these meetings. Yeah, the conditioning was good. You know, when it comes to the meetings and, and how, 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 how strongly they conditioned Jehovah's Witnesses about attending the meetings, you know, it's interesting when you start looking at things and sometimes you realize it just makes no sense. Um, this, was, this was a particular article that was about the Jehovah's Witness in China. Uh, this lady had served in prison for over 20 years and she had never attended a meeting and yet she remained faithful is what the article brought out. And it's kind of ironic when you contrast that to, for example, Jehovah's Witness who may have been a witness for 25 years. He's been a Jehovah's Witness. Uh, he has two Bible studies. He attends all his meetings. And then on his job, something comes up where the boss says, well, we're going to need for you to take this class. And the class is going to be maybe four to five months long. And it'll be in the evenings. And so it turns out that he will miss his evening meeting. And of course, as with every Jehovah's Witness, they will let the elders know, I won't be at the meeting. And even though it's only going to be three, four, maybe five months, sad to say the Jehovah's Witness will often be told, well, you know, you might want to think about getting another job, you know, looking for something else because, you know, you can't be missing the meetings because you end up falling out of the truth. And it's really when you stop and think about it, it's really ironic because 
Here's a person who's been serving God for 25 years. He's going to make all his meetings on Sunday. He's out in field service on Saturday. He conducts two Bible studies. And because he's going to miss one meeting during the week, his faith in God is going to collapse to the point where he'll be out stealing, robbing, and shooting folks. And yet this lady over here in China, she ain't been to a meeting in 20 years, and she's faithful. And so the witness is constantly being conditioned right down to the very end when it comes to these meetings. I mean, they just never, never let up. And, you know, it, it's interesting that you're saying this because it, I just got a light bulb moment. I remember my father, he went, he had moved to a new location so that he could get another job because he wanted to get baptized. And he was working as a civilian on a military base because he, he was already retired from the military. Do you know that when he moves to his new congregation from one state to another, well, the type of work he does, he works different shifts each week. And he's got three different shifts. Do you know that the brother came over for a shepherding call and had the nerve to tell my father that because he couldn't get to the meeting, maybe he might want to think about getting a different job. Yeah. And so it's like, wait a minute, yeah. how can I get move away from my old place, come to this new town with this job? And I'm only missing like one or two meetings here and there because of my schedule. And then you're going to tell me to quit my job? Do you know when my father retired from that job? I don't even want to tell you how long ago it's been. Can you imagine yeah. if he would have quit his job to be at a meeting? Do you know how many Watchtown Awake magazines have come and gone yeah. and been thrown to the trash yeah. since this man told my father to quit his job? Yeah. My true. mother came downstairs and told him her husband wasn't quitting nothing. I remember mama was, my mama didn't play. You know, she may have been a Jehovah's Witness, but she told that brother her husband wasn't quitting his job. <laughs> she yeah, they, that's, that's pretty the much ran him that's out of the there. First, yeah, that's the first thing they tell you, quit your job. I'm and, not and, lie. Yeah, and, and it's all part of the conditioning. That's what it's really part of. It is, it's terrible um, just looking back yeah. at all the people that were conditioned. And, and then you, when you think about the number of people who committed suicide yeah. because of the things that they encountered because they couldn't do certain things because of what this watchtower said, because someone followed the advice of these brothers and made bad mistakes, or these brothers were handling judicial cases oh, yeah. and mishandled people's cases to the point where people got disfellowshipped wrongly. Yeah. yeah. And now they're cut off from all their family. And now th this person has been driven to suicide. Because they can't handle it. Yeah. I mean, talking about dangerous. Yeah, it, it, it is amazing when you look back. And, it, and that's what it really does. It takes you looking back uh, at what we were conditioned to do, the things we were conditioned to believe. And uh, like you said, even in your own personal family, you, you, you saw the conditioning of, of working against you. And now when you look back, you're like, I can't believe that we was even subjecting ourselves to that. And, and I'm sure that people who are going to comment on this section here on this video about how they saw just the conditioning impact themselves, their family, their, their mother and father. Uh, this is part of what this organization does. They literally condition their members 
to do and believe all kinds of things. And that unfortunately, in the long run, these things actually end up working against you. And that's so sad. That is so true. And so we invite you to take a look at the resources that we have in the description, uh, in the show notes here, so that you can see what condition, what classical conditioning is all about. Read up on it. These, the information that we're sharing here can help you in any facet of your life. It's not just about being at the Kingdom Hall. It's about being conditioned anywhere you go. And um, conditioning is just a normal facet of life. It it just happens, you know, and and you determine how well you're going to be conditioned, because if you let everything in your life affect you, 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 you can eventually never leave out of your house. And, and these are things that people, you know, need to really look into because I tell people all the time that when you're growing older, you want to make sure that you keep your mental sanity because if not, this kind of stuff can overtake you. And that's why a lot of people, sometimes they just can't handle the stress. So if you educate yourself about this classical conditioning, it can help you in your day-to-day life. So this has been Lady C. And this has been JT. And we'll see you on the next episode. This program was sponsored by Critical Thinkers.